continue to reflect on, on the word of St. Paul to the Corinthians in his second letter. And once again, he speaks of the jealousy that he has, and he says, jealousy of God, meaning he wants to protect the community of Christians from all kinds of um, teachings which are not exactly in accordance with the gospel. And so he wants to protect them. Once again, he says, as to us, he says, I may not be the greatest of all preachers. I may not be too good, but I, I have taught the true gospel, and I, want you, and I want you to be protected from error. Don't be misled. Don't be misguided. There are those who seem to be preaching the gospel in such great eloquence, but they may be misleading and misguiding you. And, you, and you're no longer the way that you were in total innocence before God. You become misled, misguided. And then he says to, to them, he says, did I make a mistake that I love you too much? It's almost like a parent says to a child, am I making a mistake? I'm trying to protect you and you're just running away from, from the faith, you're running away from the family. Obviously it's not. Love cannot say that we make a mistake because we love too much. It's not possible because he wants them to be, St. Paul wants to have all the Christians and us here today too, they will share the glory of God. They wouldn't have to go through trials and temptations. We don't have to go through purgatory. He wants us to be there with him. And so in some ways he says, well, maybe I'm foolish. But he says, the only thing, that, the reason I do it is because I love you too much to let you go. So maybe then in a special way today when we hear St. Paul's words, kind of look at our own life and say, Lord, where am I? Have I been, have I allowed myself to be misguided? I've listened to many people with their new age stuffs and, and some form of a, some theological interpretations which are not truly rooted in Christian faith. We have to so guard and protect ourselves and also our family members, but sometimes we may not be able to do anything but pray, or perhaps even like St. Paul says, well, I may be too foolish, maybe I should just let you go. But then he says, no, it's not possible for me. You know, sometimes, sometimes parents, especially mothers, tell me, what am I supposed to do if I push my children too much and they kind of rebel and or they just won't listen, says mom, you know, and I, and I said, you know, probably the best way to say something to your children who, who you know, were living without marriage or who kind of disregarded the Catholic faith, he says, as a mom or as a dad, he says, I love you too much not to bug you. You know, and one day with your own children, you want to see their best and you'll probably be doing the same because you want them to be protected from junk, from pain, suffering, confusion, divisions. So it's like saying to them, I am, I am your mom, I am your dad. The gospel today talks about 
something that's very important. The disciple says to the Lord, he says, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And so the first thing is, the Lord says to them, don't, just don't follow the example of those who just babble and babble, okay? You know, the prayer is a communion of a child of God with the Father. It's just very, that, that simplicity. And if you really want to kind of unpack what the, our Father prayer is like, if you were to use the catechism of the Catholic Church, there's a whole section devoted to our Father, and it really unpacks every phrase, every word of that prayer. Also, if you're, you're following the Liturgy of the Hours of St. Cyprian, who, starting in Monday, he's been sort of unpacking also the prayer of our Father to those who, who reflect. But what, what does it mean? First of all, you know, St. Cyprian is also catechism of the Catholic Church, says, so we turn to him, not to my Father, but to our Father. We are one. We were formed by him, we were created by him, and we're being formed into a community that helps one another because we're his children, children of our Father. So we turn to him in that personal way. I know that a number of years ago, this type of attack against the use of Father, you know, the, uh, you know, that we should see, we should speak of Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier, rather than Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This we're kind of pushing that we will kind of depersonalize it. But there's no de depersonalization of God. He's a person. He's, he's truly our Father. And Jesus, the Son, knows, knows that, that He's someone who is so near so cl close to us, who worries, who takes care of us. He wants us to be with him, but he also gave us the gift of freedom. And he'll never take that freedom away because he made us in his image to be free. And so he may invite, inspire, perhaps even guide if those wish, but, but, but we have that freedom. But when we pray to our Father, we turn to him and we offer our very faith in him, trust in him. You are my father, you are my father. And you are in the realm that we know as heaven. This is where we desire to be. We wish to be with you. And so then we go and just say, instead of hallowed be thy name is that you know, we wish to say that may your name be made holy in us, in our activity, in our things that we do. You know, taking name of the Lord's name in vain is precisely going against the very thing that we pray, that his name may be made holy in everything that we do, in everything we say. And then we ask that his kingdom may come, his kingdom, his kingdom, Christ's kingdom, the reign of God, reign of justice, reign of mercy, the reign of love, the reign of truth. So may his kingdom come, the reality of the, the divine reality to be made manifested here on earth, and that may you will be done. And as well we know is our, our greatest happiness. 
he wishes and he wills that we'll be happy, that we'll be with him. And so when we pray the, the first three invocations of, you know, that we call him, um, you know, our father and that his main name may be made holy and his kingdom may come and his will may be done, is actually, this is what we desire, that this world be transformed by grace, that this world be made in accordance with with his wishes, desires, and, and, and that will bring justice and be, bring, bring peace, will heal relationships with one another, will strengthen us in our, in our uh, convictions, in our, in, our, in our faith. And then we go and ask him for, give us this day our daily bread. You know, not only the nourishment that we need, but Saint, Saint Cyprian would say, is that superabundant grace which comes from the Eucharist. Give us this Eucharist each day. Make it available to us that we may partake, participate of your divinity. Grant us the grace of, to, to receive that which you wish, and that is that, that nourishment. And we know that Jesus says, unless you eat the, the, bread, the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So we ask, Give us this gift of bread. This has give us this, this your body and blood, so we may have life in us. Sustain us in such a way where we'll be able to not only live uh, in that physical sense, but also on a spiritual dimension. And then the and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. This whole nature of forgiveness, the Lord at the end of our prayer, he repeats the same. That aspect, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. We know that that's not that simple because our emotions get hurt, resentments grow. From resentments we have you know, anger and hate, all those things that seem to enter our hearts which are so hard to, for us to, to remove. And yet the Lord is still asking us. So sometimes the only thing we can do is say, Lord, you know my heart. I wish to let go, but I just have a hard time letting go. But if you, you and I, if we were to ask him, help us to let go, eventually the Lord will, because, because that's what he wishes and desires. But he has to empower us. He has to empower us. And of course, at the end, we say, and do not let us be tempted beyond in our ability, but deliver us from evil. Evil, evil one. Deliver us from evil, everything that has to do with, you know, that, that opposition to God. Anything that has to do with kind of being, being, being uh, just thinking of our own needs and who cares about the others. Let them all go to wherever. But we can't do that because he is our father and we are to be joined together. They remember St. John Fisher and Thomas More, probably the most brilliant man, truly Renaissance man, really well-educated. Uh, John Fisher, who studied at Cambridge, he studied uh, and, and, and was ordained a priest, subsequently made bishop. Uh, and then Thomas More, who was younger, uh, you know, uh, he was younger by 
by uh, nine years, uh, but but uh, eight years actually. But what happened is Thomas More attended, studied uh, at Oxford University. Both were very close to Erasmus, probably one of the most famous people during that time. They were friends. They were. They they knew. They knew. They understood the the, the great role that both the the role of of the civil administration as well as church. But one thing, one thing was so clear to them is that they wanted to follow the Lord. And when the moment came for them, whether they should follow the, the, the law uh, of the king, kind of summarized in the oath of supremacy, which means that King Henry took over the church and he became the leader of the church, then they said they couldn't go through, they couldn't follow. Brilliant as they were, but they loved the Lord more. And you know, it is interesting, for example, Thomas More, you know, the great chancellor, statesman for the king, a lawyer, I mean, he had all the abilities. He was number one in the kingdom of, of King Henry VIII. He did not start you know, insurrection, he did not star, he did not try to, to create, you know, violence against the king. As a matter of fact, when he writes the letter to his daughter, Margaret, he calls her Meg, he says, he says, you know, I wanted to always serve the king, and as a matter of fact, even though I opposed him, yet he could have taken away my land, he could have taken away many things right away, but he seemed to have been kind of kind to me. But then there's a moment when the king no longer cared for him, and ultimately he um, gave up his life. And he writes to his daughter, you know, I, I am aware of my own faults. I'm aware of my own, my own sins. And my being imprisoned is something that I welcome. Because, because I do deserve. And yet, he says, I want to unite my sufferings with Christ. I don't want to even enter the purgatory because I want to give my whole heart to the Lord. And he says, I thank the king for imprisoning me, which seems kind of crazy. But we have to remember that Thomas More lived near Carthusian monks. And every Friday, he would make a retreat Every Friday, he would rededicate himself to the Lord so that he understood the path by which the Lord was leading him. He was, he was someone who gave himself, dedicated himself to God, to spending time with the Lord in prayer. Same thing with John Fisher, who was known to have lived in a very disciplined way, penance. He did not sleep that much. He did not eat that much. He lived in that sense of, of, of that type of a, of a penitential way of life. Both wrote extensively. Both witnessed their faith publicly. And both died together or separately in the same, you know, one in June 22nd, the other one July 6th, but, but very close to one another. What can we learn from them? You know, today, Many people kind of are going and are willing to 
follow the, the trend, follow the ideologies of, of the day, follow whatever it may be. It seems like it's important because that's there are benefits come from that. You know, whether it's acknowledgement or, or at least they protect themselves from being criticized or being ridiculed. But we have this extraordinary example of those who ultimately did not seek and were willing to let go of the benefits, were willing to let go of their freedom, were willing to let go of everything that they had for the sake of Christ. And they knew and understood to the Lord to whom they dedicated themselves would one day take them home. And so they're ready to go. Are we able to do that? I think this is the invitation for us today. Are we be able to do that? I think we are. We have gathered here. We have set aside time for him. We have set aside and wish to listen to him. I think that it's not the those who gather here, those who participate in the liturgy, especially daily liturgy, but they have many of their loved ones whom they need to bring into, into communion, into the harmony of God, into the grace of God. May we then, as we continue with the sacred liturgy, whereby we are being nourished by the daily bread, this consubstantial bread, which ultimately is the Eucharist, that we may be empowered to be great witnesses in the world in which we live, that we may find comfort and consolation in knowing that the Lord has chosen us to be his friends, his sons and daughters, that we may also have the consolation, even joy of knowing that one day we shall be with him, that we shall be in his kingdom we shall be the fulfillment of his will, our salvation, that we will be one day in heaven, just like our Father is, uh, is saying to us these words of our Father. And finally, that he will be able to over, help us to overcome our brokenness, sinfulness, that we may be not trapped by anything that is evil that will separate us from him so that we have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, and we're able to cry out, Abba, Father, wish to love you, wish to be faithful to you, wish to one day share your glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily 
for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.